0: Nervell said at the press conference, "We're building something special here, and bringing guys." and quote from Mike Norvell, "With elite talent, with Haikim Williams is going to do so." But I thought today was just a, just a perfect kind of ceremony there for a guy that has been committed for a very long time. A guy that we thought after committing would go visit elsewhere. He might not end up sticking with Florida State. Completely, you know, shushes us, puts a you know, shuts us up, and ends up being a big time. Rec- puts on his recruiting cap for Florida State and he locks things down, and he sticks coming to Florida State games, and look at him. He's now a Florida State Seminole officially. Hey, guys, this is Terrence Ned. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward,
1: a.k.a. P dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the
2: Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go nose.
1: Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, this is Terrell Buckley, you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day.
2: No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Time Sanders. The great, Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting
1: every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day.
2: James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for
0: having me on. S.S.O.D. Florida State or die and go no.
2: William Barnon Floyd,
0: gentlemen. What's up? What's happening, guys? It's Logan Robinson from Fearless Fear, the Spirit presented to you by wholegameday.com. We are having a wonderful Wednesday after Florida State has completed, maybe completed. Don't know. Maybe I don't know. You never know nowadays. But Florida State wrapping up the early signing day. Just a few hours ago, talking with Mugner Bell and the rest of the assistants, Florida State gets their number one recruit with Hakeem Williams. He signs today, but miss out on one other with Keldrick Falk. We'll get into that discussion in just a few. But with me this evening is Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at noelgamy.com. And down below is our lead basketball writer, Austin VZ Gentlemen, how are we doing? Early signing day is over. Uh,
2: how, how are we feeling? Wouldn't say that it's over. There there could still be something that comes, uh, probably not tonight, but maybe in the next couple of days. Obviously, recruits can sign until, I don't know the exact time, but some until sometime on uh, Friday. But I would just say early thoughts, you know, kind of mixed reviews for Florida State so far on the opening day of the early signing period. I thought coming into Wednesday, um, if the Seminoles were able to retain Keldrick Falk, which obviously – They were not. And then land uh, at least three of the uncommitted prospects or targets that they were in the running for. Um, They were able to get Edwin Joseph and Chris Otto on board. We'll see what happens with four-star safety and Penn State commit. uh, Conrad Hussey report came out earlier from the Miami rival side that he will not be signing today. So that's something we're monitoring on our end at the moment. It's been a pretty crazy recruitment in the past 48, 72 hours ever since he made it to Miami, Um, over the weekend for an official visit. So we'll uh, continue to monitor there. But, yeah, I thought it would have been a great day if Florida State was able to get those four names signed. Obviously, they missed out on Kedrick Falk with him flipping to Auburn, and we'll see what happens with Hussey. But, you know, a decent decent close for the Seminoles, 22 um, prospects signed so far, 15 from the high school ranks, one from junior college, six transfers. And, yeah, they might not be done yet.
1: Yeah, there's still some more to come. I think we all agree with that, depending on what happens with some of these transfers like Cyprus and, and and Fisk. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Hussey. Obviously, a lot of people are expecting that to happen, but um, that's pushed back for some reason. Overall, it's a solid class. Um, I know everyone's overreacting because it's just a top 20 class, but you know, I I think as long as you get a top 20 class plus your top five in transfers, you're, you're doing just fine. You're doing what you need to do to be successful.
0: yep i might be a little choppy here it's lagging out for me at the moment but yeah no i mean you look at it and the broad scheme of things florida state one thing that they had to do today was hold on to kedrick folk and it kind of came to a surprise that they allowed that for him and his family to go surprisingly visit auburn on that last day and just kind of slipped through his fingers and slipped through their fingers and this is what happens and we've seen that happen before Uh, i go back um probably to the year prior Uh, who was a defensive tackle that i'm missing here who ended up going tyree west tyree west you know you had the visits locked in you had you felt like you know that was a florida state lean, but then at the very last bit there you allow the visit and then that ends up becoming a signing to a different school where you had a lot of momentum going there and because um, we can get into a whole discussion too on you know, the future of the defensive end room. You were able to bring in your legacy recruit with uh, Lamont Green Jr., which is a big time pickup. And I, I think that the sky is the limit for that kid and you, a freak, freak of nature just with this get off speed. But you would have liked to have that alongside with Kedrick Falk because of the talent that you have. That was your number two behind Kaiki Williams, your number two re- highest-rated recruit in the class, and that's just a, a big miss there on Florida State's part.
2: Yeah, that was a big blow to the class, a, a battle that Florida State really couldn't afford to lose because when you look at this recruiting class, one of the strengths is that defensive line um, unit. You know, Obviously, you've got K.J. Sampson there in the interior, and like Logan said, Lamar Green, Jr., Signed from the high school ranks, Jaden um, Jaden Jones, the JUCO defensive end who has a lot of potential, signed as well. And I mean, if you get Keldrick Falk, it's looking like a pretty darn good defensive line class. Instead, um, a disappointing finish to this recruitment. Obviously, Falk committed to Florida State over the summer, and he's got deep ties to the coaching staff here with JP and Mike Norvell, guys like that. Um, Austin Tucker on the off-field staff as well. Some really deep relationships at Florida state, but you know, the end state Auburn tigers just recently hired Hugh freeze um, a, a new staff there in Auburn and man, they, they put a lot of time into Falk Florida state, obviously got him on campus this last weekend on Saturday, he was there for the, the football only facility groundbreaking along with his family and uh, coming out of the trip, you know, didn't think that he was going to be visiting anywhere else. And then he made it to to Auburn on Sunday Right before the dead period came into effect, and I think that was when Florida State started to get a little bit worried. Um, weren't weren't able to get a you know an answer from Falk over the last couple of days. Pretty non-committal, which is kind of surprising considering how long he was committed to uh, Florida State. And yeah, a, a disappointing close, and Auburn wins out. Florida State loses uh, their second highest-rated commit in the class to the Tigers.
0: It's tough scenes in Auburn, too. You got the NIL there, and they've been yep. pretty successful on that front. You add that in there, too. That helped. It all collides. It all collides, man. It starts colliding on you. Uh, it was very weird. We'll get to practice observations later, but a very kind of weird situation where at 12 o'clock, we were wrapping up interviews, and you've got Coach JP on the phone. He's reacting with us, all of us on the beat there, seeing the news of Gedrick Folk flipping from auburn to florida state and getting his live reaction something i never thought i'd see in person before but that's way what happens the other yeah yeah from up. yeah flipping from florida state to auburn my bad long day long day he would have liked he would have liked if he would have flipped from auburn oh he would have yeah <laughs> i think he would have been smiling maybe gave us a couple of high fives but it wasn't the case whenever he ended up leaving practice but that's what goes on when you schedule a practice during early signing day that was a tough one i don't, I don't want to go to a positive thing real quick and? I want to go to Hykeem Williams. You're able to hold on to him. And I don't think, at least from our point of view, and you know, we're lucky to be kind of close to Hykeem Williams' recruitment, there wasn't ever kind of a wavering thinking that he would end up going elsewhere. But I think the scared PTSD from last year is always on everybody's mind if you're a Florida State fan, and as they should, sadly, at this point in time. But Hykeem Williams kind of put that around. Er- put that to rest and you know he signs with Florida State uh, he talked after the ceremony saying that you know he was his phone was getting absolutely blown up and you know Miami supposedly involved there some other schools even Deion Sanders too trying to get into that phone with Ikeem Williams but I really liked the quote that he said that you know I, I'm loyal that's one of my big things is being loyal and if I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do it And what a big difference that is from another former number one rated recruit in a a previous class, just to have that loyalty is huge. I talked with coach Dugans after the press conference today. And he told me, you know, I think one of the biggest things about hiking ones is his character and that the character that he's bringing to this locker room. And then, you know, it's going to show on the field what he does talent wise, but that just goes to show what minor and this coaching staff, what they want to bring to build this culture into having success. And, you know, Mike Norvell said at the press conference are building something special here and bringing guys in quote from Mike Norvell, with elite talent with high Williams is going to do so. But I thought today was just a, just a perfect kind of ceremony there for a guy that has been committed for a very long time. A guy that we thought after committing would go visit elsewhere. He might not end up sticking with Florida state completely, you know, shushes us puts a, you know, shuts us up and, Ends up being a big time, rec- puts on his recruiting cap for Florida State, and he locks things down and he sticks coming to Florida State games. And look at him, he's now Florida State Seminole officially.
2: Yeah, like you said, Logan, a, a very big difference from Florida State's number one recruit in the 2022 class. Obviously, you think back to Travis Hunter, um, even once he had been committed to Florida State for such a long period of time, he was still taking visits into his senior season, was at Georgia a couple of times, obviously. <laughs> made that trip to Jackson State in November that no one took seriously um, at the time. So he was actively still looking around. Then you look over at Hakeem, only one other trip, and that was just to uh, Miami, which is obviously pretty close by to his area. He's been at Florida State a a bunch of times, said all the right things, done all the right things, obviously was a big uh, factor in Florida State, pulling out that commitment earlier today. Three-star athlete Edwin Joseph, Hakeem and him came up to Tallahassee twice together, In October, one time using a a luxury car service. So, um, really kind of spoiling Joseph there and letting him know how much he wanted to compete against him at Florida State. Hakeem, a wide receiver, Joseph, a a cornerback. So, those guys are going to be battling a little bit in practice. So, I mean, he really did, ever since he committed in September, developed into the the bell cow in this Tribe 23 class. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing when you look at it um, from my perspective. You know, some of some of the kids talk a, a really big game when it comes to recruiting, and then you have people like Hakeem Williams who really lead by example and go out there and just get the get the job done.
1: It, it was funny to see him shout out or uh, call out Travis Hunter, saying this isn't a Travis Hunter thing here. That was pretty funny. I think it, think it yeah. kind of ease the nerves of some fans a little bit.
0: He did. I that was, was watching the IG live. He, he he did say that he was going to shock the world, and that immediately our discord blew up. It didn't take too long and Twitter started freaking out, but the discord was rolling during that, but um, you know, luckily, you know, from our point of view, this was always going to be Florida State and you know, schools were trying, man, and th- why not? I mean, this is an extremely talented wider series got the size of already a third-year college football player and you know what what Mike Bell can do now? To bring in this class, you can bring in Jacob Sue, who I want to talk about, who I think is a very underrated wide receiver in this class at Florida State. Grab today, you know, there's a lot of fun that Florida State can do on this offense in 2023 and moving forward. But specifically 2023 with the targets that they've been able to bring in in the transfer portal, adding in this tight end room with Jaheem Bell, you've got Kyle Morlock now you're bringing back Trey Benson, you're bringing back Jordan Travis, you got Johnny Wilson, and it just kind of just starts adding up and it gets uh, it's, it's scary. And just see what Mike Norvell did explosively on offense with some of his playmakers. It's got to attract guys. And that's what worked with Hikeem Williams. And he's trusting the process. And you got to hope that there will be more later on that 2024 class looks really nice right now. But, you know, Hikeem Williams is a clear, um, I don't know, example of a guy that is truly trusting in what Mike Norvell is trying to do at Florida State, I think. And I thought that was – it showed perfectly at his ceremony today.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, I guess just to kind of close off the Hakeem Williams talk, even though he was committed to Florida State coming into the early signing period, um, as as Logan has mentioned, there were schools still pushing for him, schools that were at the top of his recruitment whenever he did commit to Florida State. Tex AM, Miami reached out multiple times leading up to today, and, and Deion Sanders in Colorado continued to try and get – their foot in the door. So I think it's huge for Florida State, you know, against programs, um, at least in Texas A&M and Miami, that have proven that they're, they're pretty competitive in the NIL market um, for Florida State to hold on, secure this commitment, the number one recruit in their class, the first five-star prospect to uh, sign for Mike Norvell at Florida State, and uh, I believe the, the top-rated wide, wide receiver to come into the program since 2015. Um, a massive win on the recruiting trail, Florida State, Hiking Williams, obviously going to get to Tallahassee in January, going to have the opportunity to go through the tour of duty, spring practice, um, summer conditioning. So he'll be well acclimated to the college game by the time uh, 2023 rolls around. And despite the amount of talent that Florida State has coming back on that wide receiving core, it wouldn't, su- it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Williams is able to break into that rota- rotation as a true freshman and just continue to increase his role
0: um, throughout the year a guy that is going to be hard to keep off the field too. in his future might not be an immediate impact like in hiking Williams, but he's going to play a lot of football for Florida state. Garnet gold. Uh, Jacobs, Florida state wide receiver commit. Uh, I, 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 I love this guy after I saw him at the elite camp, man, there was a couple players that stood out like Camden Fryer. Who's in that 2024 class, but a guy that could get out, have separation, look great and route running. He's just slept on, man, and I know we kind of talked about him earlier uh, today, uh, Dustin, but, you know, Jacobs has that kind of elusiveness that you don't get a whole lot. I think of him kind of like a Pokey Wilson, but I think he has just a higher talent ceiling than Pokey. Really crisp route running, and he'll go up for the ball, too. Uh, One of those players that you just like watching tape on. I... I think he's he he's gonna play quite a bit for Florida State. I don't know if it'll be immediate, but I kind of slept on, I think too, you look at his size six foot, one seventy, and you know, going through that COVID year too. There's a lot of different things that might have eliminated him from being higher in the rankings. Also being committed for this long at Florida State and sticking with them adds on to that. It seems like if you wait a little bit longer and you don't commit to anywhere, your rankings boost up. But a guy that's was practically Committed, shut things down practically. It it made sense for maybe he wasn't going up in in recruiting rankings, but I think that's a sleeper pick for Florida State, a gadget guy that they can use in that offense in the wide receiver room. Just shows the way that Florida State can evaluate talent because this was a guy who
2: came in um, the summer of 2021 and dominated at one of the summer camps at Florida State was holding at the time, picked up an offer shortly thereafter and jumped right on it. Um, I believe at the time, Jacobs, that was his first offer, and he was unranked. And, I mean, we've seen the rise that he's made since then. I do think, you know, he was a little bit slept on considering how early he made his college uh, commitment, as you noted. And But we really saw him break out in 2022, caught 100 passes for 1,511 yards and led the state of Florida in receiving touchdowns with 21 uh, touchdown catches. Um, As a senior. So he really proved it that ended up getting getting him promoted to a, a four star prospect. And, you know, this is a guy going to need to get in the weight room a little bit in Florida State's nutrition program. But like like you've said, Logan, he's got really high potential. The sky's the limit. And as good as he is on the field, he's also got really high character off the field and i think you can say that for a lot of these guys coming in in the 2023 class are going to make some really big big impacts on the culture just like um i we expect a lot of them to do on the field
0: let's go to the defensive line here williams asking on facebook have you heard anything about any defensive linemen signings today thanks so we kind of touched on a few of them but let's go through them real quick d lou lamont green jr mentioned him uh you got Jaden jones florida state defensive end going through rehab right now but hopefully yep. expected to hopefully participate right Dustin in the spring hopefully yeah, so um he spoke to
2: us following his official visit a couple weeks ago right now going through um rehab from an ACL injury that he suffered pretty early on in the 2022 season um he's ahead of rehab at the moment going to be limited in the spring but it sounds like as long as things keep progressing on this track he will be cleared for full contact before fall camp and be a full participant in uh, 2023 and obviously a junior college defensive end a guy really really long I don't want to say lanky but just kind of like a long and rangy defensive end and another presence that Florida State can have as a pass rusher off the edge we'll see if how quickly he's able to rehab from that ACL injury and what he looks like whenever he is you know taking full contact and stuff like that in the fall
0: yep and then let's go down to I was going to say too about Jaden Jones. It seems like that staff really likes Jaden Jones. So if he can come back fully healthy out of that um, knee injury, then whew, it just seems like that staff heavily, heavily wanted Jaden Jones. So looking forward to the development there at KJ Sampson to a guide that was, you know, a couple weeks ago, kind of, Predicting that he might have wanted to wait till February. He ends up signing. That was a big win for Florida State today, if you want to add that to the win column for Magnavell and staff. But KJ Sampson, the guy up there in North Carolina, a lot of schools after him. He had made some visits, but ends up sticking with Florida State today. That's another defensive lineman that Odell Hagan's grabbed. Yeah, uh, remember this one, a little bit of surprise
2: back in March. We were out there for a junior day. I believe it was the first day of Florida State's spring practice if I'm correct, and they were holding that massive junior day, and Samson ended up popping um, while he was on campus. And remember, Logan, we got to speak with him and his family up there at that NIL meeting or, or whatever whatever it was um, afterwards. But, you know, we were right there in the middle um, of that one. But a huge pickup for Florida State here. North Carolina, NC State had been pushing recently. He was at North Carolina um, State a weekend before he was at FSU, and we got to speak to him on Sunday coming out of the visit where he informed the media that he had decided to sign with Florida State during the early signing period, went ahead and sent over that letter of intent this morning. Um, he's not going to get here till the summer. He'll still participate in kind of a mock signing ceremony in February alongside some of his high school teammates. That's something that he's been wanted to do for a while and you know, well-deserved after those guys won a state championship a couple weeks ago. I'm sure he has some pretty close bonds um, with those guys. So they're going to sign together in February, but he's obviously already officially in the fold. Um, for Florida State and and should be getting here in
0: June. This is not a high school recruit, but going over to a transfer that Florida State landed on the defensive line with Daryl Jackson from Miami. Down south, Mike Norvell talked during the press conference today about him, said, you know, got to see him on enemy lines and the challenge that he (laughs) brings just kind of told me enough. And now to have him on our side, it's going to be a lot nicer. And he said, you know, there's still a lot of things that we want to do that we got to develop him get him better but that's a guy that is going to make an immediate impact on Florida State's defensive line in 2023 Uh, coach Norvell very excited about the addition with Jackson I think too not only coach Norvell but Odell Hagens, along with Joshua Farmer who has close ties there Corey Fuller a lot of people in that locker room have a close relationship with Daryl Jackson so Mm -hmm. this one just makes sense and he's closer to family which was the main focus yep a, a bit of a homecoming here
2: for Darrell Jackson, who will be pretty close to his hometown of Havana, Florida. Guy um, obviously signed with Maryland out of high school, um, played in 11 games his true freshman season, and then transferred to Miami over the offseason, utilizing that one-time NCAA um, transfer rule. Um, 27 tackles, 4.5 tackles for loss, and three sacks this past season with Miami. Has the potential to come in and instantly be a part of Florida State's rotation on that interior defensive line maybe work his way into a starting role. But regardless, he and Joshua Farmer should be a tandem to be reckoned with over the next couple of years. Um, His former coach, like Logan said, Corey Fuller, also on Florida State staff. Um, He will have to get a waiver to be eligible in 2023 since he's already used that one-time transfer. But there's reason to believe that he will be able to successfully apply for and receive a waiver because um, a family member of his is dealing with with an illness, which is one reason that he decided to – Transfer uh, closer to home So a big pickup for Florida State And essentially replaces a loss Of Tavion Gatson Who earlier this week backed off his pledge To FSU Seminoles Had offered him a gray shirt opportunity But he had scholarship offer from Kentucky on the table so he went ahead And accepted that so Florida State essentially Replacing that loss with this transfer Here in Darrell Jackson and they're still in it for Western Michigan's Braden Fisk He was on campus last weekend for an official Visit seems like it's down to fsu notre dame and usc there um fisk actually an indiana native so fsu battling the hometown school for the grad transfer We'll we'll see if they're able to win out i would imagine we get a decision there in the in the near future
1: and with jackson i know you mentioned his stats but he also generated 16 pressures last year that's huge coming up the middle to have that kind of pass rushing presence um it's something that florida state really missed especially once it went out um so, to have a guy like yeah. that could, that can generate the pressure up the middle is 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 really big for that defensive line unit.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're still up in the air on what Fabian Lovett wants to do. So, you know, bringing in Daryl Jackson, immediate. He's going to play a lot for Florida State in 2023. Uh, this is going to start turning into an offensive line podcast, like out of nowhere in a matter of like 10 years. Hey, we're completely switching things around. And I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Absolutely, definitely with the talent that's coming in. Let's run through a couple of these guys because it has been a Busy week for Coach Atkins and Florida State. Let's just start off with a few of these guys. Uh, Let's start off with Jeremiah Byers, who's going to be an immediate impact. I'm starting to see a trend here, guys. But UTEP transfer. Um, coming in, we got to see him visit. Uh, looks the part to 6'4 330 um, all conference. Uh, just gonna come in and play right away. You got Keandre Drones too. Uh, coming from Auburn, SEC. SEC size 6'4, 340. You've got Casey Roddick coming from Colorado, 6'4, 310. Um, And then you've got a new one today. You got a young guy with uh, Andre Otto, 6'5, 310. Really smart. Had a chance with going to Stanford, Princeton. You know, also had an offer from Syracuse. Ends up picking Florida State. Um, You know, you got to talk with Otto, specifically Dustin. You were very high on him when I was talking to you at practice on Monday. Uh, Florida State, you know, and Coach Atkins, what they're doing on the offensive line is uh, it's remarkable. It really is. Yeah, obviously
2: landing three uh, transfer portal prospects in three days. Pretty ridiculous for Florida State there. Um, Reloading up front seems like as of now, FSU is going to be losing three starters on the offensive line after the season. Left guard Dylan Gibbons, right guard Demetri Emanuel, right tackle Jason Turnatine will all be graduating and exhausting their college eligibility after the bowl game. And now Florida State has essentially brought in three capable replacements. We'll see if those end up being the guys or if there are some other guys on the roster that end up winning out for those jobs. But Jeremiah Byers, like you said, Logan, right tackle coming in from UTEP, a first-team all-conference selection. This past year, he's got two years of eligibility remaining, and he let me know that Florida State uh, thinks he can play either right guard or right tackle. They're going to try and just work him at different positions once he does get here to Tallahassee. Keandre Jones, a massive mauler of an offensive guard, kind of more of a in a backup role this season at Auburn, but last year in 2021, I think he played over 700 uh, combined snaps, had a had a pretty decent. PFF rating so I think there's a chance that he rebounds in Tallahassee whenever he gets back to earning more consistent playing time and then Casey Roddick um, a team captain at Colorado played a career high I think over 800 snaps in in 2022 so he's pretty durable and reliable another guy that'll come in at guard I I would imagine he'll be on the left side but he's got one season of eligibility remaining and I think he'll make a pretty big impact um, on the locker room as well but yeah, getting those three guys in there, and then obviously Bless Harris, Robert Scott, um, Maurice Smith, Darius Washington, Julian Armella, Jalen Early, a, bun- a bunch of guys, Bryson Estes, a bunch of guys still coming back for Florida State in 2023. Um, just like just like last year when Florida State had the 19 scholarship offensive linemen, I think Coach Atkins is going to have a lot of fun this offseason, kind of plugging and playing, working with these different lineups throughout the the spring and the summer to to find the five that works. But um, three really quality additions from the transfer portal. And then to get Chris Otto, a guy who I'm extremely high on, I think he could be the diamond in the rough in this 2023 class for Florida State. Kind of played in a lower classification, um, but regardless, a dominant offensive lineman, someone that FSU has been smitten with ever since the summer. They got a chance to uh, work him out at the Seminole Showcase in July at at offensive line and defensive line and just really loved the kids' um, mentality on and off the field. Obviously fielded some Ivy League offers, a a really smart guy who officially visited Princeton, Stanford. Um, Penn State was involved as well. So some really high academic schools, and he's going to be coming to Florida State to major in film, not going to be an early enrollee, but I really do think this guy is the limit for Chris Otto. Uh, it's not going to be in 2023, obviously, but two, three, four years down the road, we're going to look back and be like, wow, Florida State landed a, a gym on an early signing day in 2022.
1: I'm a big fan of Jeremiah Byers. He was a top 30-ranked tackle on Pro Football Focus this year. Didn't allow a single sack, only allowed eight pressures. and And at times, right tackle was a struggle for Florida State this season with turn time there. Um, obviously, you're getting Bless Harris back for this upcoming season. But now you can just figure it out between those two. Who's your right tackle? Who's your right guard? And it's it's two quality pieces. Um, Byers is a phenomenal player. He's improved every year he's been in college. And I think he's going to be really good for Florida State. It's exactly what they need. It was a, a very quality tackle. And even if he plays guard, he's still going to be very good at it.
0: Mm-hmm. A really nice pickup for Coach Atkins and Mike Norvell and what they want to do with that offensive line. And you know, we're not going to forget this because – it's not really new news, but one that signed today, number one target at offensive tackle, Lucas mm-hmm. Simmons, man, just kind of sneaks in there. Don't talk about it as much. But when we went back to that recruitment and, you know, when he got close to decision time, Florida State fans were just fighting and fighting to get that commitment. And that is a huge, huge one there. International guy, um, once he committed, he kind of put things away. He's 6'8", six, 6'8", eight, six, eight, 300. So expecting maybe to put on even more sides, definitely when you get to with Coach Storms too, when he's been able to do with some bodies pretty quickly. uh, You know, I I know Coach Storms is salivating at that. You know, Simmons, Simmons is stuck with Coach Atkins because of the relationship that they built very early on. And, you know, Coach Atkins shouted out his first offensive lineman today, and that was Lucas Simmons, just because of how they built trust with one another. And, you know, coming all the way over here, and building that trust it was huge. And that's what ended up him picking Florida State. But Lucas Simmons is going to be that is their future at, at offensive tackle, along with Julian Armella. You know, you've got some two future studs that you get to home grown home grow here in, in, in Tallahassee, which is nice. Yeah, a really big one for Florida State, literally with Lucas Simmons at, at six foot eight,
2: three hundred pounds. Florida State been involved here for well over a year offered Lucas whenever he was uh, still back in Sweden, and then he decided to come over to the United States to play out his final two seasons um, of, of high school. And, you know, the sky really is the limit for this kid. He has huge um, potential, and I think it's really going to help that he's getting to Florida State in January, going to have a lot of time to work with Coach Atkins leading up to the 2023 season. And I agree with you, Logan, to have him and Julian Armella in the fold at at tackle for the next three or or four years for each guy. Um, I'm not sure which guy is going to be on which side of the line, but regardless, I think in a couple years, they're both going to be manning the offensive
0: tackles and starting at Florida State and
2: playing some quality
0: football. Uh, This is from Tom. Why do do you think we don't talk – much about green so Lamont green jr that kid is going to be a star on the defensive line we had a podcast with Lamont green jr i know you're not specifically talking about us but in general yeah i, I agree with you too tom i kind of overlook guys that are been committed for so long Lamont green jr being the first one committed into this class yep. holding that recruitment that long definitely gets overlooked like you look at jacobs too like i talked about Gets overlooked, but the, like Lucas Simmons gets overlooked. These guys have signed, which I still think you know, uh, coming out of this, it's, it's not so awful of a early signing day that maybe some are thinking. But um, Lamont Green Jr. I mean, got to see him once, and that just sold me enough. Watching Odell Odell Hagan's reaction uh, just did enough for me. But once uh, once you put on some more size with that get off speed that he has, it's gonna be hard to stop him, guys. Um, I I just know coach JP and what they've been able to do developing some of these guys like Pat Payton, you're seeing the turn and Byron Turner, you've seen, you know, in one year, what he's been able to do with Jared verse, you go back to Jermaine Johnson, you know, the future is extremely bright for Lamont green junior. So I can go and tell you right now through my brain, I'm not overlooking Lamont green junior. I'm excited for him to put on pads and see what he's going to do in practices. Like I'm like beyond stoked to get here in the spring and see what he's able to do. When the pads come on, because it's going to be very hard to stop the speed that he has, but he's going to have to put on a little bit more size. Luckily, his dad. Very focused on the development of his son, and they did a really good job putting on some size. But I mean, the stats that he put together this last season were absolutely stupid.
2: Yeah, definitely flying a little bit under the radar. Um, at least nationally coming into Florida State. I think as far as us and, you know, a lot of Florida State fans, they they can see the potential, the talent that Lamont Green Jr. has, and also the head that he has on his shoulders. Kid is mature um, beyond his years, but he's really trending in the right direction, put together an excellent senior season, 61 tackles, 29 tackles for loss, and 20 sacks. So this is a guy who has legit production, playing at Gulliver Prep, who you know plays some pretty high-level competition, down there in South Florida, obviously a teammate of of LSU wide receiver signee, Jalen Brown. So, I mean, Lamont Green Jr. plays plays with plenty of talent and plays against plenty of talent. He's, I don't even know, tried and tested down there against that South Florida competition, going to be here in January. And, I mean, we'll see how things work out with these defensive end decisions as far as Jared Verse um, going to the NFL or, or coming back. To Florida State, but I think there's a potential that Lamont Green Jr. works his way into that rotation, earns some snaps during his true freshman season. Kind of makes me think of a, a little bit of a kind of like Patrick Payton coming in, but I think maybe Lamont Green Jr. a little bit more advanced technically and fundamentally right now. And obviously, he's a blur uh, off the edge. Going to be really fun to watch him compete against Florida State's offensive line.
0: question on here on youtube from salty chris fowler uh, any recent info on hussey the tos have been what is that list two s's mean i'm completely the off other on sites i think maybe the other sites both have some posts stating miami now Al, and it's uh, penn state fsu battle we kind of touched on this earlier a, a little bit here but we can dive into it, it supposed to have a Signing today around six thirty ish to seven o'clock from his camp. Though we haven't heard anything, you know, there's been reports from multiple other sites that it's not happening. Um, you know, you could go to Miami's side and they're saying, you know, it's not really on Miami's side right now. We're looking more at a Penn State Florida State battle. That's what I've kind of felt like the last couple of hours since that signing did not happen. Um, you know, I, you know, Florida State's definitely still after. Hussey here, and a big part. I think Penn State has made a, a last little bit of a push here to try to get him to stick with the, n- the nifty lions class. Um, you know, Franklin has been able to recruit pretty well during his time at Penn State. Florida State, though, is in major need of a safety right here, and he's one of the talent, uh, one of the most talented ones in the country, being a top eleven safety in the nation. Florida State needs this. And they really do, and I thought the recruitment went very well. Uh, you know, Dustin, you have more info on that. But you know, right now it's it's really up in the air. You know, you have two more days to really solidify things. If he's not going to do it now, then you have to wait all the way till February. But it's it just it's it's up in the air at this moment. Been a little
2: bit of a weird one. Obviously, Hussey committed to Penn State back in, uh, I believe, the spring. Fortis State. They had him on campus once over the summer, and I mean, it's been a little quiet. Um, you know, I, normally you don't get a bunch of chatter in these recruitments when guys are, are pledged to another schools, uh, other schools. A lot of stuff is happening behind the scenes, and I think that's what we see here with Hussey with Fortis able to get him in for an official visit um, two weekends ago. Um, we talked about it on the show last week that Colorado was trying to get him in for an ov, but then he actually ended up taking his final trip of his recruitment to. Miami so I mean it's really coming down to Florida State Penn State and Miami down the stretch here and it feels like Hussey has kind of been flip-flopping back and forth between all three programs here over the last 48 72 hours Um, you know I don't know if it's concerning that he pushes recruitment back another day maybe the kid is just extremely torn in this decision or or you know some other stuff is going on but regardless I think Florida State they've done a Pretty good job in this recruitment. You think about Hussey, a kid that grew up a fan of Florida State, and also the Seminoles have an opportunity to offer him early playing time in his career. The expectation right now is that Jamie Robinson moves on following the season to the NFL. He said multiple times that he's played his final home game in Doe Campbell Stadium. Not quite sure yet what's going to happen with Akeem Dent. Uh, There's a case for him to go. There's a case for him to stay. Um, He's still in the decision-making process, and then Florida State – We'll be returning Shaheem Brown, but you did have two other guys who were safeties. Um, Sam McCall kind of flip-flopping between cornerback and safety during his time at FSU. He's obviously hit the portal. He's uh departed from the program. And then Sidney Williams, who um, Florida State used at some some at safety, some at linebacker this year. He's in the portal as well. So not a ton of depth there in the uh the back end for FSU. So I think they're pushing pretty hard for Hussey because I mean he could get on the field from day one in that secondary, regardless if Akeem Dent comes back or not, he could still get in and play a role alongside Dent and uh, Shaheen Brown in that safety room.
1: Even if he doesn't come, they need a safety desperately, whether it's in the portal. I mean, I, I, obviously if they don't get Hussey, it's going to have to be in the portal, but they they need a safety in that room just to just to fill some of this void that they're losing through the transfer portal and through the draft with Robinson. And we'll see what
2: happens. I mean, there's some, there's some options on the roster, some guys coming in that could potentially fill the role. One guy I like that signed in this 2023 class is K.J. Kirkland, really long and rangy defensive back who fits that mold that Florida State likes back there um, in that safety room. He's He said the FSU is going to be working him at uh, cornerback and safety. And, yeah, Logan, Quindarius Jones, Jabril Rawls even could could potentially play safety. During his college career, but I don't I don't know if those are guys that you want to rely on out of the gate. Um, Hussey may be a little bit more advanced at at this point of his career coming in. So we'll just yeah, we'll continue to monitor this one um, and, and we'll see if it gets done by Friday either way.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the few players at that elite camp, one of the only recruits to really keep up with and have really good coverage on uh, Vendravius Jacobs was Quindarius Jones. So um, a guy that kind of snuck into this class, not of people talk about, but looking at his size 6'2", 190, he looks the part, uh, was hip-to-hip for most of those uh, routes that Jacobs was running. So uh, Florida State might have found a little steel there, but you could also put him at that safety position. He's got the size for it. But you want to have homegrown talent. You want to you be able to develop these guys – Just like what you're doing with Shaheen Brown and you don't know what, what, what Akeem Den's doing. Jamie's gone. I know there's been some chatter, you know, trying to figure out who's staying. You got the Jordan Travis eyeball emojis and such what's going on. But, you know, Jamie has told us, you know, this is it. And, you know, I I think Jamie should move on. Yes, you should. This is time for you to move on. And there was question marks if he was even going to play in 2022. Uh, But yes, this was, this, this should be, should be Jamie Robinson's last year. So Florida state, like you said, Austin awesome. they've got to get somebody back there to, to help out, at least figuring out what Akeem Dent's doing or, or Shaheen Brown. Uh anything? What, what do you want to grade this early signing day, D Lou? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a B minus. Let's say around there, B minus. I think if you had I think if Hussey ends up signing with Fort State, I I give that to like a B plus. I give that to a B plus.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I would say probably about a B right now as we wait on Hussey if Florida State is able to land Hussey, I'd say B plus. If they don't land him, give me give me a B minus. Uh if they would have been able to keep Keldrick Falk and not let him flip to Auburn, we might be sitting around an A right now. Um yeah. I don't want to say I don't think they'd be able to get to an A plus unless they're able to mm-hmm. pull off a couple other shockers like maybe Cameron Robinson or something or Damari Brown. But both right. of those guys obviously were trending in different directions entering um Wednesday. But you know, I don't I don't agree with all the doom and gloom. I think Florida State, they've satisfied some needs on the roster, obviously, especially at offensive line. We haven't even mentioned the the tight ends yet. I guess you talked about Jaheen Bell a little bit, but Kyle Morlock as well. got two starting caliber Tight ends coming in. You got Blake Nicholson signed. Uh, you got your quarterback in Brock Lynn. So, Florida State, you got four-star running back and Samuel Singleton coming into a room that's already stacked. You know, I know you didn't get Cedric Baxter, but that wasn't a realistic thing once Trey Benson said that he was coming back to FSU in 2023. He's going to obviously soak up a lot of the snaps um, for Florida State. So, all in all, pretty good class for Florida State. They, they got four DBs as well, might get a fifth. Um, with Hussey, I think Edwin Joseph is is a guy who's trending in the right direction, a sleeper recruit who had a really good year um, down there in South Florida for Shamanid Madonna, uh, a powerhouse who won another state title. So, Florida State, they're bringing in um, some talent. And I think the main thing is a lot of these guys have won a lot of games, whether it's at the high school level or in junior college with Jaden Jones. Their te- his team got really deep into the junior college playoffs, some of these transfers. These are guys who are proven winners, and they're coming to Florida State to continue pushing this program in the right direction. Uh, right now, sitting with, I think, the number 17 overall recruiting class according to 247 Sports. You know, maybe that's a little disappointment after a 9-3 and three regular season for Florida State, but I think we've preached from the, uh, the beginning here that the success during the 2022 season is going to pay off more in this 2024 recruiting class than 2023. Um, I expect a, a pretty big offseason for Florida State. You know, last year from January to June, whenever they're hosting a bunch of recruits and having summer camps and the mega camp and stuff, they were having to convince some of these top prospects to come down to Tallahassee, give Florida State a shot. And obviously, once they did, they were pretty impressed with what they saw. But now that they have the proven product, they're not going to have to you know, quote unquote, beg some of these elite guys to come down to Tallahassee. They're going to make the trip. They're going to come see what Florida state's about. And I think the buzz next year is Florida state should finish with a top 10 class. If everything goes uh, as expected.
0: Uh, VZ, can your cat give us a grade on Mike Nervell's 2023 early signing day class?
1: Uh, she's not much of a talker. Uh, yeah. She's actually very quiet. Doesn't meow much, Um Okay. It was a solid class. Though. Like Dustin said, they, they addressed needs. You didn't even talk about Brock Glenn, who they needed a quarterback in this class desperately. You get KJ Sampson in, in the middle of the defense, which is something that needed. And you get Blake Nicholson, a linebacker, who I'm shocked we haven't talked about. Mm. You know, that was, that was one of the best linebackers in the class for, for this year. And it was huge to lock down that signing. Um, just a solid overall class. Could have been better. Yeah, sure, absolutely. But for, for what Florida State's doing right now, it was exactly what they needed.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's always this is how FSU's fan base is. You know, it's it's easy to gripe. It's very, yeah. very, very easy to gripe. But God dang man, how needy can you get? You got Jaheim Bell. You've got Jeremiah yeah. Byers.
1: You got two. You got two tight ends in transfers, so you don't need to sign one. Yeah. Uh, from the yeah. high school, you get three immediate, immediate impact offensive linemen. You get a D tackle in Jackson. There's they're addressing needs. The way they need to like, like like I said at the beginning as long as they're going out and attacking the transfer portal like they have been these last few years you're getting the talent necessary to, to win football games and that's really all it comes down to I don't give a damn about recruiting rankings if you're going 10-2 <laughs> or 11-1 and one. like I just win football looked, games
2: yeah and have, all I'll six of you. these all six of these transfers are going to either start or play significant roles for Florida State um, coming out of the gate so I mean once again you're landing instant impact players out of the transfer portal we mentioned Fisk there's still Fintrell Cypress who could come in and play cornerback at Florida State from Virginia really enjoyed his official visit over the weekend and I mean FSU right there and that recruitment we'll see what happens so I mean at Florida State they're not done in the transfer portal yet Um and I think They're going to continue to look at guys throughout the spring as well, depending on uh, the projected scholarship numbers, which is something I'm going to work out here over the next couple of days.
0: Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. I haven't really been tracking some of the playoff teams there and, and a run here to get in that national championship too, but there's going to be some guys too that enter the transfer portal out of those four teams alone. So, you know, it might not be over to find a guy on the edge there if you're trying to do that. And that's what Florida state plans on doing, depending on what Jared Verse wants to do. Um, Chris Brown's here, a famous rapper, saying, I'm breaking the silence. Uh, Jared Versus coming back next year. They took Hedrick Folk NIL to add Jared's return. So uh, breaking news from Chris Brown. Shout out to you. One of my favorite music artists when I was in middle school. So um, not so much anymore. Move on, please. Yeah, I can't relate. uh, We know know that. Like you said, Logan, some
2: guys are still going to enter the transfer portal. I just wanted to note real quick the. The winter transfer portal window, obviously open December 5th, open for 45 days. It'll close on January 18th, 2023. And then there will also be another 15-day window, I think at the conclusion of the spring or right there before the summer. So Florida State, they're still going to have an opportunity to pursue guys in the transfer portal. And, And just thinking about Florida State, this is a program that exhausts all of their options when it comes to either transfer portal or high school recruiting i mean look at last year you got jess and Turnitin pretty late there in the summer a guy who came in and started at tackle for to say multiple games this year and then i mean they landed malik feaster all the way a, a week or so into fall camp so i mean they're going to continue to work until they're at that 85 uh scholarship limit
0: uh jump through a few questions here in the chat this one's from keith uh I have a feeling you're meaning Tra Ward Ward here uh, is Trey Ward coming back. This one, in my opinion, is a toss up to where a few other ones I was a little bit more positive about Trey Benson coming back than Tray Ward. I know Trayshawun Ward, he's out here practicing. he will be participating in the bowl game. Um, you know I in my opinion, you know, it's pretty much sold. Trey Benson, RB1, 2023. That's just how it's going to be. And, you know, Mike Norvell likes to use multiple running backs. That's just the case. But right now, that room is absolutely loaded. If I'm Trayshawn Ward, I would take listening to some other schools. If there's potential opportunities elsewhere, definitely if I'm going to get more playing time, if I am going to be a solidified select RB1, I do take that offer. Um, Trayshawn Ward is really, really talented guy. He's really good for the locker room uh, as, as a dynamic running back. And he was... You know, it took Trey Benson a couple of games really through the, half, the first quarter of the season to kind of get going there. Treshawn Ward was your go-to back and was finding the holes better and a little bit more patient. But now Trey Benson has taken that role and he deserves it. I, I, I really, in my opinion, I, I don't right now see Sean Ward coming back next season for Florida State, but that could change. Um but I, I'm more of wanting him to get the opportunity that he deserves. And that just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, definitely after the injury that he suffered and that kind of being dialed back from uh, playing time out there. The injury definitely
2: set him back. Ever since then, Trey Benson has kind of asserted himself in that running back room. And, I mean, Lawrence Toa is just too valuable as a gadget guy who can impact the running game and the receiving game to, uh, you know, put, take out over – Trishon Ward. So, I mean, I just, yeah, I really feel like the injury hurt him as far as playing time. And, you know, the other guys have just taken advantage of the opportunities that they've been given uh, with Trey Benson, Toa Philly, Rodney Hill coming back. You've got Kaizia Holmes on the roster right now. We'll see if he gets elevated to a scholarship over the offseason. And then Samuel Singleton coming in. I mean, that running back room, just absolutely CJ Campbell is still there. I mean, it's, it's an absolutely stacked backfield, for Florida state going into 2023. And I just don't know if there's enough opportunities on the table for Treshawn Ward at the moment. So, yeah, like you said, it wouldn't surprise me if he looks around a little bit and maybe tries to find a program where he can be the guy in 2023 and then work his way to the NFL. But I mean, regardless of what he decides, you know, I think we've got to give our props to Treshawn Ward coming in as a walk on fighting his way to a scholarship at Florida State and I mean battling in the lineup the last two seasons a primary backup to just Corbin a season ago very big piece for Florida State this year before he suffered that injury um on the road at was it North Carolina State I believe it was North Carolina State um yep. so, yeah so yeah just uh really appreciate the effort that he's put in on the field and also in the locker room because that's a really high character guy and even when he was out with that injury. He was sitting there working with those running backs every day, Trey Benson, Lawrence Toa Philly. you know, even though it's a competition, those guys are extremely close with one another. And uh,
0: yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. And he's uh here the Spear alum too. I had him on here to talk about him earning that scholarship too. So great. Uh, a great young man. So, and like I said, he could come back next year. I'd love to see him in that, but I also want him to get the opportunity that he, that he deserves. He's, he deserves to find somewhere if that's the case. So, and I Agreed. think it'd be, that's exactly what Mike Norvell would want for him too. So we'll see what ends up happening with eight ball. Uh, Keith also has another question here. This is going to be the fun one. This is how it's going to be for the next couple of weeks here. Marvin Jones, jr former big time major 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 on top of the board for florida state last year couldn't land him goes to georgia obviously legacy legacy recruit from dad marvin jones shade tree the best linebacker in college football history but ends up going with georgia here hasn't seen a whole lot of pt i don't know really what the depth looks like there who's ahead of him who's projected to play next year in defensive end room i'll be honest with you i've not done a whole lot of georgia uh depth chart digging but uh i th- this one's just a dream i feel like for fsu fans at this point Big mean, dream it this the stars got to align avatar three has got to come out before 2040 like everything's got to happen here for Marvin Jones Jr. to come back and be a Florida State Seminole and wear guard and gold, in my opinion. i would be nice, absolutely, of course. Definitely, if we're talking here, you lose on Keldrick-Falk, yada, yada, yada. But first, he's got to enter the transfer portal, and I think there's just I, – I just don't see that happening. I think it's just FSU fans wanting to make it a thing rather than would it make sense for Marvin Jones Jr. to do that after one year of – being at georgia like why would you just say nah screw this because i mean they're about to be playing for a damn playoff game and probably a national championship again
2: yeah uh know, i don't really like to speculate on if someone's going to enter the transfer portal if they enter the transfer portal we can talk about them uh marvin jones jr only played according to pff 49 total snaps at georgia this season. But I mean, you have to think the kid knew what kind of room he was going over there um, into that Georgia defense. And they brought back a ton of guys. They lost some guys, but also brought back some talent from that national championship team a year ago. And I mean, even though he played a reserve role this year, could very well get into the rotation at Georgia in 2023 or 2024. I don't really know. I don't really pay attention to Georgia. We're recruits that don't sign with Florida State. So uh, best of luck to him if he enters the portal. We'll talk about it.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, this is no game day, not Georgia game day. So, yeah.
0: Well, I was going to say too, I honestly don't want him to enter the transfer portal because our chat will look like,
1: Oh my God. I know. It's it'll, gonna be, be, it's, it'll be like the Dustin Hill chats all over again.
0: It, it will be that. And maybe even where, <laughs> I mean, guys, the Marvin Jones chat, let's be honest. That was nonstop 24 seven. So I'm hoping that he doesn't enter the transfer portal just for our sake <laughs> for this show. Because we would have to start off the show immediately. We have no new update on Marvin Jones Jr. Welcome <laughs> to hear the spear, President the- <laughs> Every the single week for months. That's exactly how it will have to be. But you know, is what it is. Is what it is. Wait, well, hey, um, Travis Hunter's in the transfer portal. No, and and Kevin Coleman. No. Wait, yeah, he got his hundred thousand subscribers. How I can't believe these? that happened.
1: Like, he went he from seventy
0: one thousand to hundred thousand. He he had to bot Jeez. those followers, right? There's no way. No, there's idiots out there. There are idiots.
1: you are telling me there's thirty thousand people that go. Oh my god, I can't wait to see him go to Colorado.
0: Like every news outlet put out a piece about it. Like Travis Hunter asks for a hundred thousand uh, subscribers, and he'll announce where he's going. Like it's quite obvious where he's headed. Where's he going? He's gonna go. I, I he's gonna care. go skiing. <laughs> going to go skiing and snowboarding and boulder I can,
2: I hey travis hunter travis hunter still follows me on twitter so hey maybe there's a chance Ooh. you guys want me to shoot the dm see what's going on <laughs> no drop the bag see, see if he wants thing. to come on
0: the podcast
2: maybe we can get the battles end over here do some work you know
0: yeah there's got to be something
2: that we can do here
0: come on i can please. be the intermediary like I'll DM, be... him, I'll dm him right now <laughs> Yo, what's 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 going on?
2: Yeah, 100K, or say, 100K, what's well, we're, I'm just gonna say, hey, big head. We're waiting. <laughs> what would you say? I'm say? Hey, big head, how you doing? Big head.
0: <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh no. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I'm not getting tied into the Travis Hunter talk either. Do not do no. that to me. Don't Take do it. Nope. 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 Uh, all right, let's uh, jump into – this is also going to affect some recruiting stuff too, but Florida State's football-only facility groundbreaking uh, ceremony that they had uh, this last Saturday. Before I go into that, I want to go ahead and give a good shout-out to our friends at Alumni Hall for sponsoring this podcast. Great friends over there. If you guys want to get 15% off on FSU gear before you go down to Orlando, make sure you use code SPEAR. Holiday. They're in Miracle Plaza. They're in a great spot. So if you want to do shopping, eating, Alumni Hall is a perfect spot there. And it's on the way. If you're getting off the interstate and you're going to campus, you can stop by there. Um, uh, They're doing a great job. I mean, all the gear that they have, a lot of the FSU gear that some of the coaches are wearing are now over there at Alumni Hall, too. So I'm not going to say every piece of item that Mike Gravel wears, though. That man has a gigantic Wardrobe of long sleeves that FSU fans always tweet at me. Like, where is Mike stuff? Alumni Hall does have a wide variety of things there for you guys to grab. They've got drinkware, hats, um, wall art, even if you're doing some decor in the house. So, highly suggest giving Alumni Hall a shot there if you're going to go grab some FSU gear. Also, if you're an FSU student or you work at FSU or in the military. Uh, You can get 10% in store every day. So make sure you guys go show your ID at the cash register uh, alumni hall, always hooking it up. So appreciate them supporting our show here and sponsoring it. So like I said, make sure you guys use spear holiday. It's going to work all the way through December 24th. So if you're looking for some last second grabs, like I always am, I literally am having to go like Christmas shopping tomorrow. So uh, make sure you guys, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go to alumni hall. I'm gonna have to go to alumni hall, but I got a discount code to use now. So spear holiday full cast. Make sure you guys go use that. Appreciate them supporting here. The Spear.
1: just, just uh, use the discount the other day for some sweatpants. You know, can't go wrong.
0: Where's the screenshot. I'll retweet it. VZ. Yeah. If you guys, uh, I know there's a few of y'all in the chat that have used the code so far, but if you tweet us, tweet us at here, the spear, I'll retweet it and I'll retweet it on my personal too and get out there. So appreciate all y'all supporting us. It helps us out too.
2: Actually had the wife pick up some stuff from there. um, A couple of days ago, some, uh, some Christmas shopping. You know, we did it, we did it on time, Logan, but we made sure not to use the discount. You have a wife now. If
0: you didn't have a wife, you would be just like me. Oh, I
2: wasn't there. I shouldn't say we,
0: I should say her, but. Exactly. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But
2: I made sure that she didn't use the discount code, so We paid full price to our sponsor. That's, that's real support. Uh, there you go.
0: Very nice, uh, alumni. I'm gonna use that code. Uh, but let's jump into this football-only facility. I was there for the groundbreaking
1: ground breaking,
0: event, bait. ground baking, breaking everything imaginable. Uh, you had Michael Alford. You had Florida State's president uh, also there. You had uh, head of boosters, CEO. And uh, attendance. And then also, of course, Mike Norvell, who had a very pa- passionate speech, but uh, something that has been long time coming. Very long time coming ever since we've saw Ripes from our good old friend Jimbo Fisher now at Texas A&M. Florida State is finally going to break ground over there. It's right by Stadium Drive. So you guys can while you're driving by, start looking down. They're already moving some things. To accommodate what they're going to be doing, move, removing some side of the IPF, moving over there closer to the baseball stadium. There's a lot of navigating that they're going to do. But in that parking lot next to the practice fields is where that big gigantic building is going to be—a hundred and fifty thousand square feet, multi-story, new new weight room, new player uh, coaches' offices. You're going to have a like a customized walkthrough room so you're not going to do walkthroughs in the parking lots anymore at hotels you're going to do a walkthrough right there with tv screens everywhere looking down at the practice fields team meeting rooms um hydro therapy you've got i mean every everything imaginable i don't know probably a barber shop (laughs) my i doubt you'll have a slide though i don't think you're gonna have a slide in this one
1: they said in fact there will not be a slide
0: so yeah specifically but you know one thing I talked with Alfred after uh the ceremony ended and he said specifically you know they might have looked at a few college concepts, but they stayed really strictly to NFL type and they looked and flew over to the Dallas Cowboys star which is their facility there that they run their training camp and then also do you know practices and you know all their facility work there and you know Alfred has those ties there working there helping get that facility put together, you know, using that knowledge. And then also they looked at the Green Bay Packers along with a few others. Um, they actually looked at SoFi Stadium and looked at a couple of their facilities. So they, they really went to the next level here and it's kind of how it is in college football, but I mean, hundred million dollar piece of, that's just a lot of money. That's just a lot of money. But it's uh, definitely going to help in a lot of ways. But certainly recruiting and for what you're going to be bringing in and helping, it's just catching up to the, the way of the game is now, guys. It's just what you got to do. Yeah, yeah it, really- it makes
1: sense that they would look at professional professional facilities. I mean, Alford spent time with the Cowboys yeah. um, and, and was behind them getting some of those facilities. So it makes a ton of sense. And, you know, obviously the end goal is for these guys to reach – the NFL. So might as well design facilities after other NFL facilities. I think, I think it makes a ton of sense, keep it as professional as possible. And obviously they look clean. They look, the, the renderings you posted the other day looking really, really, really cool. Um, I'm sure the, the players are going to love it whenever it's ready. It, it, it's it's what Florida State needed, even if it is, you know, a decade late. Really big investment for Florida State into the
2: future, of this uh, football program, I think it just shows, you know, the investment that they're making into Mike Norvell as well, uh, continuing his future into Tallahassee for, you know, years to come. Right now, the the football-only facility, I think, expected to be completed December 2024. So some of these guys that got to see it on Saturday in the 2023 class that signed with Florida State, you know, Heike Williams, uh, Lamont Green Jr., a bunch of those visitors who are on campus, they will eventually get to use this uh, – facility during their careers at Florida State. And yeah, it just helps push the Seminoles more into the modern age of these facilities. You know, these recruits are always looking for the latest bells and whistles. And I think Florida State, they're going to be able to get there with this facility, along with the improvements that they've also made to the locker room and the stadium at uh, Doe Campbell Stadium. So um, and there's still, you know, some improvements to be made there. Um, In Doke over the coming years as well. So, I mean, for to say, just making a bunch of investments into the athletic uh, program at at a pretty opportune time.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to bring up some photos of this so you guys can get a good feel for what this looks like. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. This is, this looks pretty nice. I'll just be honest with you guys, I'm a little jealous. Like, come on now. Like, look at this. Look at this weight room, man.
2: Yeah, Charles didn't
0: look like that. I could it? do in this. <laughs> like, no, no, we did not. Well, we didn't really deserve it. We didn't really have the only time I was there. I mean, our senior year, we got our first playoff run ever. So we didn't really deserve something like this right here. But a uh, whole new weight room. You got to always do therapy. I don't, you know, I don't know what that does for you. But, you know, it's got to change your life. Life down there with your legs. uh We got locker room here. Why are they nice building setup. another locker room, Logan? Why are they
1: building another locker room, dude? That
0: was so funny. Yeah, people why are they are
1: out? Why, just, why are we? We just invested oh all this money in a locker God. room two years ago. There's two separate locker rooms, one in the stadium, <laughs> one for the practice facility. So chill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know that. The guys aren't going to walk from the practice facility or the you know the football only facility all the way into Doak every time, and then when halftime happens, they're not going to run all the way back into the football only facility across the road. No, they're going to stay in their locker room inside Doak. That's that locker room's going to be their game day locker room. That's how it's going to be. Um, so. Nothing's going on with the newly renovated one that they just did. It looks gorgeous. It's going to stay. So no worries about that and where the money's going and all that kind of stuff. I think that's show Your parents it's like the NFL, they go practice at their facility, but then after games, they have another locker room inside the stadium. Uh, here's, here's a good look at, so they updated the front side of it and audio listeners don't really know what we're talking about here, but you got a big gigantic spear in front of it. I like this like sleek look over here. This is this is nice. I Which, don't know what this, I will mention. They have, call a, they this? have it you, from
1: the Tucker Center. Uh, I'll just mention it. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Off a little bit, but it's fine. It's fine.
0: Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go.
2: I do like the parking.
0: Spot, uh so. yes. I don't know where they're gonna get that parking at. They're ripping <laughs> I a was hard, a the same to thing. Build it on <laughs> that. I don't know where that is. I don't really i'm trying to like figure that out uh here's a hallway that is a very long hallway peter warwick over here this looks like a nice place to watch some film it seems like
1: it's nice and dark nice nice, nice updated stuff here i mean it's a hundred friggin'
0: million film. dollars no it is i'd love to watch him there Here's a walk through room here. This is nice. You kind of get a good feel. You got your film over here, and then seems like it's on the second or third level. And you're looking down at the practice fields. Looks like that's downtown. This is a, a gigantic I you
2: can tell that.
0: facility. And I can't tell urban if it's on burgers. the second
2: floor or not. <laughs> Looks all the same to me. Yep.
0: This this is just my life. I I like seeing the little details on things. We've got the hydrotherapy. This is what everybody needs right here. Is a the hydrotherapy. Just seems like it's a
1: man. I I don't know. That's a what I miss. Hot, Carl, I really don't. To... No, one's a cold tub and one will be a hot tub. Probably. Uh, that is what I miss most about working okay. for the basketball team was being able to use a cold tub after playing pickup. It's, it, it's the best recovery out
0: there. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you got a TV too over here. Dustin, can you see that far? You got a TV far right. Where are we looking at? You can watch far right corner. I
2: I think I can see that blurb. <laughs> <Does it> get... <laughs> like I'm
1: staring. Oh God, there. I've broken. I've
0: broken. <laughs> oh no. I've broken. I can't it's... see it now. Oh, it's over. And that's you know, just your account. It's that's not what I it... want. Uh, no, I don't want to see that. Uh, doctor, The Dr. RJP is asking, will there be a case in the new football-only facility where we can display our 2024 trophy? Oh, I believe they could find a good spot for that. I'll be honest with you. I will be honest with you. So, yeah, that is the new football-only facility. We'll keep you guys updated uh, on the developments there. I've already been noticing it at practice. They've got the contractors out there, and now they've got the guys where you see on the road where they're getting the camera out and it looks like they're just standing there. They're just laying out the land, man. That's all they're doing. So, uh, but Alfred did tell us though, he did say that they are already working on getting in the annex part of the IPF and moving it over closer to the baseball stadium. So things are, things are going on, things are going on. That's just how it is with Alfred right now. And that's just how it's been. And they're making improvements to baseball, soccer, softball is getting their own kind of like VIP seats and stuff. So that is, Alfred knows what he's doing. I'm just sitting back and watching. So that's expected to be eighteen to twenty four months. Woo, that's gonna be a long construction there next to those practice fields.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that. It's gonna be some loud practices out there. And also I'm just I'm pretty upset that I'm losing my parking lot.
1: It's been <laughs> you real never had before. You never had a parking spot to begin with. Let's be real. Well, I have a I have a pass, so technically I can park there.
2: Say bye-bye. That's it's very convenient. Okay? It's very convenient. Dang, and uh, uh, it's gone. Well,
0: survey crews now taking over that parking Maybe lot.
2: Maybe we can get a new parking garage next. Alford or FSU president. Someone, please.
0: <laughs> Only for maybe football media. Either way. Now you're asking <laughs> for way too much. Way too much. <laughs> Uh, Louise asking here, and hopefully I said that name right. Hopefully I did. Louise. Is the S not silent? It can be either. It could be either. Well, we're going to need you to comment again for us because I, I can't say the last name. I, I Villarreal. <laughs> Villarreal. Villarreal. But asking here from Facebook. Good evening, gentlemen. I'm all for the new additions in Tallahassee. Do y'all believe pouring all this money in the new facilities will keep and hold our players from not entering the portal? What do you guys think? I mean, it doesn't hurt it. It definitely doesn't hurt it. Um, You know, a lot of players, and you know, you do more talking recruits, d Lou, than I do, but I just wonder how much nowadays facilities play a presence and if they still do, because you saw that surgence of all these other teams across the country building these football-only facilities. And when you saw Clemson build, there's the media reaction from Florida State fans. Man, we've got to catch up. We've got to do this so that we're not losing out on recruits. And, you know, I kind of started to before that with Jimbo Fisher Complaining about the facility and the lack there in funding, but uh, you know, I, I don't. Definitely doesn't hurt it whatsoever, and also keeps your current players and and the locker room know that yeah, this is what we're striving for. And you saw them with current players remodel that locker room for Florida State. It definitely doesn't hurt it though for for recruits. I think that's the
2: the avenue that that I would take. Um, you know, it's kind of the expectation from these recruits and transfers and everything to go into a program that has top tier facilities. I mean, you either have it or you don't. Florida State, they're on the right track right now, but this football-only facility will put them into a a new direction with some stuff they haven't been able to utilize before. I don't know that it necessarily stops people from entering the transfer portal, but it's a nice um, option for Florida State to have. And then at the same time, they're becoming, as we can see, more competitive on the NIL front. Obviously, this new collective started by Ingram Smith the battles in has been doing a really good job of retaining talent for FSU going into 2023. And that's not just um, only seniors, you know, Patrick Payton, Kevin Knowles, uh, Lawrence Toffili, Rodney Hill, some younger players on the roster who maybe weren't starters this year or significant players, but are going to be significant impacts for Florida State in the future. So I think it's just important for these NIL collectives, you know, they're just getting started now, but as they continue to grow and Florida state becomes just more and more competitive on that front. And, you know, we'll see eventually maybe the state of Florida amends the law where, the know, NIL collectives are able to work hand in hand with the university. That's what we're seeing um, in some of these other States like Ohio, Um, Ohio state has a collective that's pretty much partnered with them. And I mean, they're working together to go out, and make these NIL deals to recruits and transfer prospects and whatever you may have. So if, if that law is amended in the state of Florida, that would also help Florida state tremendously on that front when it comes to maintaining the roster and also adding new uh, prospects.
0: Uh, VZ, I don't know if you want to answer this question from Tom, but he asked, so what happens first, they build the facility or the basketball team gets 10 wins. Do I, have, I? I don't. I don't want to answer. Um, I'll. I'll. Uh. I'll plead the fifth. Yeah, we'll just move on from this. I'll plead this the topic. fifth. <sighs> yeah, I was kind of reacting to Louis's comment here on that for recruiting wise, but yeah, if you're looking at players in the transfer board, it's still going to come down to playing time and where they on the depth chart, yada yada yada. But definitely, I mean, it, it can't hurt it whatsoever. It will help. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to playing time or whatever they th- see fits best for the next opportunity to get some more PT. No
1: no one's going to see the facility and go, "Oh man, they got a football facility." Let me leave. No, one, like no one's
0: going to think that
1: it, it's only going to bring good things to Florida State.
0: Definitely positive. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Before we jump into some basketball, I know we have practice observations on the docket, but I'll be honest with you guys: there hasn't been much from them. I mean, there hasn't been much of a change. I will say, though, today, uh, scout team, like true scout team prep began for uh, Oklahoma. Mike Neville told us after practice there were scout jerseys on, and Dustin, you and I were talking about it. You know, the kind of – it's not really goofing around, but it's having a good time, smiles, cracking jokes. That, that completely went away today, and guys were focused in a really, really sharp practice. I'll be honest with you guys. Jordan Travis – Had some really nice balls down the field. uh, Connected a few times with Johnny Wilson on the dot. Led a whole uh, minute drive down the field for Ryan Fitzgerald to score with a field goal. Um, Just looked really sharp. uh, uh, Jordan Travis did. Just really, really kind of practice that you see whenever Florida State's facing a Clemson or Florida or Miami, just, you know, not, not, not a lot of giggling just all out there to work. So this team really is focused towards getting this 10 wins. I mean, we hear it from the interviews after practice. These guys are seriously focused at getting this ten wins, And I think they have something in the locker room somewhere for play where players see it every day. So it's making sense. There, there is a big time focus right now and guys are dialed in to get that 10th win. And I
2: believe what you're talking
0: about that they're seeing every day is probably um, the rock for the Oklahoma
2: game. Because I remember it was either Mike Norvell or maybe one of the other coaches said earlier in the season that they have all of the rocks in the weight room um, throughout the year. And they, they kind of break, you know, if they win that game, they break one as uh, the season goes on. So it wouldn't surprise me if they've already got the the Oklahoma rock ready to go and they're checking that out every day for some extra motivation. I'd already be signed. We'll see who brings in the sledgehammer um, next week before Day. But, yeah, I wasn't able to be out there today just due to the early signing period coverage. I'm actually asking you a question, Logan. Did you see DeMarco mm-hmm. Ward? Uh,
0: I did see him, but that's about as further far as I can go. Um, uh, he, he's there. He's there, but he's not, uh, not, he not practicing yet did he have a helmet no no helmet no helmet but i did okay. see him
2: so i'll just end it him. off i'll end it off with i just two didn't notes, want to get in
0: trouble and we but can yes, go he was into
2: there. basketball but um demarco ward obviously already enrolled and signed at four to they announced his addition today but he was at practice um on on monday morning where we, whenever we were out there not dressed on the sideline and in street clothes for now but from what I understand, he is going to be practicing with the team here in the near future. He will also travel with FSU to Orlando for the cheese bowl and be dressed out on the sidelines for the game against Oklahoma. Not sure if he's technically allowed to enter the game due to the rules. A little bit of a weird scenario here, you know, getting a, a true freshman that's in the 2023 class and for some bowl game practices. You've got some other teams like um, Georgia and Alabama and some other schools around the country who are doing some of the same things or some type of. Rule, honestly, I don't have it off the top of my head, but this is something that Florida State was able to do, get him in for some practices, go ahead and start acclimating a little bit to uh, the college level. So that's good for DeMarco Ward. to probably help him through his career just to get this early start. And then the other thing, um, uh, 2023 wide receiver Darren Goldie-Lawrence signed with Florida State today. They did officially announce his signing. Didn't make it over the weekend for his official visit, due to uh, what was described to me as some type of academic situation. But since Florida State went ahead and decided to officially sign him and announce his addition, that kind of is assigned to me that everything is going to work out with that scenario in the end. Obviously, in the 2022 class, there were the concerns with Ontavius Woody, and he didn't end up making it to Florida State until – late in june and even going into that they weren't exactly sure if he was going to make it to campus or not but he was able to get that that work done in the classroom and enroll at florida state on time i think we're going to see the same thing uh from goldie and i mean the plan for him from the get-go has been to enroll in the summer anyway so everything should work out there on that front for florida state it's looking like everybody is going to be able to uh Enroll whether that's in January. I think the majority of guys and transfers are going to be coming in in January. And then you also have some later guys arrive um, in the summer. You know, Goldie, Gabriel Rawls, we'll see what happens with Hussey, but he's a guy who would enroll in the summer. So we'll see how it goes. But right now, if we're to say all 2020, all, sorry, all 22 signees are expected to make it to campus. Sweet deal. Sweet deal.
1: I I think it's also important to bring up, you, you mentioned bowl prep a little bit. It was announced last week by the NCAA that um, uh, playing in the bowl game won't affect redshirt mm-hmm. status, so guys can play in a fifth game, and, and it won't affect their redshirt status. So you may see guys like Julian Armello playing this game, um, guys that they're you know that they announced saying, yeah, we'll, we'll sit them the rest of the season so they don't lose their eligibility. Rodney Hill. Yeah, it's not going to matter for this game. They, they can go out play as much as they need to. Which it, it, it's not as big for Florida State because they weren't too affected by the transfer portal, but some of these other schools it's going to affect them a ton.
0: Maybe a Darian Williamson too, maybe. I forget how many games, but I believe Vell mentioned it Monday after practice, alongside with Rodney Hill, So, uh, just looking at that running back room, they might have a chance to just unload on Oklahoma if they want to. So, might see a little bit of Rodney Hill, who absolutely deserves a lot more playing time. So, we'll see if that ends up being the chance behind Trey Benson, uh, Lawrence Stafili, and Baby Nine Lawrence Stafili. I don't, I don't, I, I think that's uh. About it, football-wise, I'm trying to think of anything else that's came up. Uh, we might have a different schedule, too, for when we do our preview, since Florida State's going to be playing on Thursday. We know we do our shows here on Wednesday night, so we're going to probably do it earlier, pretty, pretty early in the week. Next week, we'll be down there in Orlando, so we might be in Orlando on site for when we do this show. So we're going to figure that out, and make sure you're following us on Twitter at Hear the Spirit to be updated on when we'll do the show. VZ... Basketball, we got close to a tie game at halftime with Notre Dame. They're only up by one thirty nine to thirty eight. But previous game, not so pretty against Saint John's, a ninety three to seventy nine. Is this a roller coaster ride or is this like 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 ups and downs? That's just kind of how it's gonna be throughout the season, or will we see a trend upwards or just just
1: Saint Saint John's is a track meet. You know, they they play so fast. I think they're top five in the country in terms of in terms of tempo. It's just a ton of possessions, ton of shots being put up, and they were making most of them, and that's that's what matters. They're also getting at the free throw line a lot, which was a little outside their normal standard. Um it's it's very, very rare when you see two players score career highs like Darren Green and Matthew Cleveland did, and you still lose by fourteen. Uh kinda of speaks to the defensive level. Darren Green had thirty points hitting eight of 11 threes. He was amazing. Matthew Cleveland had 23 points and 13 rebounds. Both of those were career highs for him. Um, they just needed to get stops and just simply couldn't get enough of them. It was one of those games that St. John's turns the ball over a lot normally, and they only force him into 10 or 11. Just not good enough for, for the sporadic ball handling that St. John's has. Um, they're playing – decently well against Notre Dame right now. Um, They got off to a crazy start. Florida State was up 10-3 in the first couple minutes. Uh, and then Notre Dame said, ah, yeah, that's funny. It went on a 14-2 run. It was up, you know, I think the biggest week out was 11. Yeah, it was 31-20, 29-18. So the biggest lead guy was 11. Florida State came back and took a lead with, you know, about two minutes left in the first half and just down one at halftime. Darren Green has been pretty bad this first half, just one of seven, but he's coming off the best game of his career. You have to imagine he have a good second half. He's had open shots, just hasn't hit him. Um, Florida State is doing a great job generating good looks. They're just not playing good defense right now. It's it's strange to say that about a Florida State team. You know, In the past, they're like, man, if only the offense could catch up. And the defense needs some serious catching up. Um, we haven't seen Nahima Cloud in this game. I don't quite know what's going on there, uh, but you have seen – Walk-on. I've, I've got to pull his name up again because I'm going to
0: butcher it. Uh, <laughs> In my life. Well, I mean, that's a thing, though. This team will fight, and they'll compete with good teams, and they'll get very close, and it's understandable. But yeah, Walk-on
1: walk on. Sola Adebiso, number 51. Uh, super, super athletic freak. I, I'm not even making this up. When I went to the Virginia game two weeks ago, I was just watching warm-ups and, and talking to the people. They like, this 51 kid's really good, super athletic. And then I was messaging someone night, even an hour before the game. He's like, this kid just did a windmill between the legs dunk. <laughs> so he's a, he's a super, super freak athlete. Just needs some help catching up with his mm-hmm. basketball skills. And he's getting quality minutes against a solid team. I thought Notre Dame would be a little bit better this season, but they've lost three of the last four to Syracuse, Marquette, and Georgia. They lost to the Fighting Mike Whites. It's not a good sign.
0: Yikes! What is uh what's the next stretch for FSU after this Notre Dame game uh oh.
1: after this yeah, they get, it's, it's they get a they get some time off uh, for Christmas break and then they play New Year's Eve at Duke, which I will be in attendance for just got approved for that credential a couple of days ago nice. um,
0: that'll be good
1: then uh, what game is after Duke I think it's Georgia Tech right yeah, it's Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech and then after that it's the return of Bob Bob Miller. At Wake is January 11th, we're we're close. Ooh, we are getting
0: close. Wow, time has flown by. The light is at the end of the tunnel. We are almost there. We're st- I'm still wow. not happy that he's
1: not playing, but we're almost there.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you.
1: Like... Which he put he posted he had, he had a post on Instagram last week that had free Baba spray painted and graffiti. That was so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, where was and that was uh, like in Europe, right? Yeah,
1: I was. I mean, I'm. I it was somewhere in Europe. I had a guess it was in Spain.
0: That's pretty awesome. Um, but it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. I just love the national media being on the same page, you know, with this. Nobody's against yeah, it. It's it's, it's
1: like... at this point, it's it's ad nauseum. Everybody's talked about it, and Mm-mm-mm. the NCAA is not going to do anything at this point. So you know, we're what three more games, two more games away, and he'll be back.
0: I'm 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 still pulling for basketball. I'm still pulling. It's they're so fighting, man.
1: More. They're 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 showing they're showing some uh, they're showing some character, which you know they needed. Uh, shout out, Caleb Mills has been really good the last two weeks. Same with Matthew Cleveland, um, mm-hmm. really playing quality basketball. And we'll, we'll see if that continues here in the next couple of weeks.
0: We've just gotten so used to the successful seasons that Leonard Hamilton has had, and you know what? Sometimes got to have a down one. Florida State football has had four or five of those. Not school years. But you know, this is what it is. It just is what it is due for FSU basketball to have a full on rebuilding year.
1: I was not no one was expecting this though. And, no,
0: no. You know,
1: granted they've been hit with injury after injury, but defense hasn't been great, as as I mentioned earlier. Hopefully it comes around once Boba Miller returns, because he's just such a Swiss army and I think could do literally anything on the basketball court. Um it's tough right now, especially with no Nahim out there right now who's you know, while he's not great, he is a big presence at seven four two fifty. Um, But it's it, it hasn't been great. The The St. John's game was less than inspiring on the defensive end, to say the least.
0: No, not great. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the show, guys. Y'all got anything more before we send this off? Just keep watching out for Conrad Hussey. Yeah. Who a- knows what's going to happen there? i i literally knew this day would not end like where we would be like okay it's over cool don't have to watch out for anybody we'll be up in the morning keep an eye out for any kind of news on the conrad hussey situation there if he's going to end up sticking with penn state or if he flips over to florida state side and out or miami yeah I, i think right now penn state's made a good push here i like how much i don't know I don't my I could go on a whole Miami rant thing right now, but don't have time for it. too tired. Uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap things up, guys. Like I said, we're gonna figure out a time for when we're gonna do the show to preview Florida State versus Oklahoma, which will be next Thursday at five thirty. We will be down there on Monday to give you guys full coverage all throughout the week with play interviews, coaches interviews, hopefully some practices. We can give you guys some intel on but we'll be doing a full preview show to finish off the season it's crazy where you are almost there to the end man it's uh it's been nice though being able to talk about a game coming up too along with transfer portal recruiting early signing day i can get used to this i can definitely get used to this so appreciate everybody listening it's been awesome to you guys Uh, Also on the audio version, a lot of downloads on there. So appreciate everybody listening on the podcast version, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Hit the subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Um, Make sure you guys are in the Discord, too. The link is in the description if you're on YouTube. So hit that. It's free to join. A lot of conversations going on right now, as you can imagine. Everybody, enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you guys hopefully early next week. Peace.